So Lord, we come before you today and we are grateful just to be able to be here to gather in your name once again. And Father, I, I just want to thank you for sending your son just to pay that sin debt on the cross that we just celebrated through song, Lord, and through just worship back to you saying, Jesus paid it all. Our sin debt has been canceled because of the blood that was shed on that day for us. And God, we just we give you glory for that. We just want to say thank you for that. And Lord, if there's one thing that we can do in response to that is that we can learn to love you more and to love you better and to serve you well. And it's through that, Lord Jesus, that I offer up this prayer, this prayer to you in praise and honor. And I just pray in Jesus' name. Amen. This week is kind of a different week that the topic is, is maybe a little bit different than what you've heard. Well, I know you haven't heard this in the last several months since I've been here. But the topic of today is basically is just serving Christ. Why would I choose such a topic to talk about? Well, because it takes all of us. One thing I found in, in my experience, in not just in full-time ministry, but also just when I was in lay ministry, is ministry is a team effort. And any time that there's a part of the team that's missing, the team lacks. And as we progress throughout the talk for today, and we'll be in uh, Romans 12 in just a few minutes. But one thing that I want us to, to understand and grasp, and kind of the, the reason why this is so important, is that everything that we do here at Dublin Bible Church should function back to the vision that God has laid before us, the mission that He has put before us, and that the vision that we have in accomplishing the mission here in Dublin and here in Lawrence County. Several weeks ago, when we were in our Nehemiah study, I'd ask you all to pray for invest in, and then what? Hopefully to invite people. And I, I had you fill out these cards. It's just a way for you to remember that person. And if you were here on that Sunday, you remember that there was a person or people or a family group or maybe multiple families that you put their names on the card that you said, you know what, I will, I will come before the Lord and I will pray for and I will do my best in investing in those people and then hopefully to get a chance to be able to invite them into the fellowship. Well, that is a great and awesome thing, but if, if that, the house of God is not taken care of, when those people come in the door, they will not stick. Because if the house of the Lord is neglected, when they come in, that they will see that it's, it's a group, yeah, maybe they love the Lord, but yet they're not serving the Lord, and that there's areas in the church that are not filled in, and they will come in and say, you know what, I just don't think that I want to be a part of that fellowship. So today, it's all about helping people as we reach people for Christ, that they would come into the fellowship, that they would stick in this local body. Everything that we do comes back to the vision that God put before us. Everything. As far as is with the church and when we gather, whether it's somebody who is a children's worker or somebody who is greeting someone in the parking lot on the way in, Everyone, as we serve together using the gifts that we'll talk about from Scripture, using the gifts that God has given us, and we know that we have gifts, each person plays a part in the team that is to be the local body of Christ. That's what we're supposed to do. And it should be an honor to do so. You know, I don't know if you realize this, but the children's ministry, not the nursery, because that would be weird and there'd be babies everywhere and we'd be all distracted, but the children's ministry got a day off today. And we have kids in here. And it's awesome to see them in here, isn't it? Clap for your kids. 
And also, I have you do that because you get to embarrass them like they so often embarrass you. So it actually works out well. See? That really wasn't for you. That was for us. But it, it's awesome to be able to do that. And, and when I had talked to Betty Ann, I said, you know what? Let's just let's give the folks a day off. And let, let everyone who would be serving to know that we appreciate what they do. That the children's ministry, if it's not a babysitting service, and what they do is they intentionally teach our kids or your grandkids truths from God's word. Right? That's what it's about. So the children's ministry, and I'm not going to be able to go through every single person, but you know what? One thing I can tell you, if you're a groundskeeper, and there's some unsung heroes around here, I'm not going to say their name because they'd be embarrassed. There's, there's somebody who does a lot of the groundskeeping around here, and you will never know who this gentleman is unless you know him well. But you know what? He doesn't do it to come on stage to get applause. He does it because he's serving the Lord well. And whether he's trimming a bush or he's watering a flower, he does it in the name of serving Christ. To me, that's exciting. And to me, that I want you to find some area that you're gifted in or passionate about or just serve in an area until you find that passion so that you could be more fulfilled as a Christian and that the body would be more complete in having you part of us in the serving team here. Whether it's the children's ministry or whether it's somebody serving a, a cup of coffee, everything that we do, when, whether it's the hospitality team is somebody making, it seems like, you know what, somebody's just making a pot of coffee. And I ask you all to do, I, I ask you to be a part of this several months ago and I kind of dropped it because I had a little response. But I'll be honest with you, in making coffee, you may think, well, Chad, that's, you know, I have to come in a little bit early. It's making coffee. You know what? That coffee is basically, it's a watering hole of sorts for us all to gather around. That's all that is. So when even if somebody's coming in to say, you know what, Chad, I will volunteer to come and make a pot of coffee. When you're doing that, you're actually creating an environment where people can have a discussion. That's what that's about. That's part of a larger whole. It's not about coffee. It's about people. And it's about helping people feel included, helping people feel a part of something. And it's like I said, it's, it's, a, it's a watering hole. Very similar to what our friends in Malawi would say. They probably have wells and that sort of thing that they would gather around to get water for us, it's coffee. And coffee's good. We like coffee. Right? Um, but, and I'm not, I'm not neglecting those that serve because there's a ton of people that serve, but yet there are people who don't serve. And all I want you to do and think about is take the next step, whatever that looks like. Whether if you're somebody, you're not even on the field to play, and you're just somebody, you're sitting in, in, in the stands, and you're looking at everybody serve, and maybe you get to take advantage of those that serve, and you say, wow, Pastor, that's awesome. Thank you for letting me be part of the church. I'm not going to serve in it, but I'm going to be a part of the church. And yet you look at everybody down on the field to play, and you think, wow, that's really great. I'm really glad they do that because, you know, I'm here. I'm basically a spectator of the serving that's happening in front of me. I want you to take the next step, whatever that step is for you. Whether you're, if you're in the field of play, and maybe, you know what, maybe you need to take that very next step and say, you know what, I serve here and there every once in a while. I want you to think about, I want you to think about taking that next step and whatever that next step is for you. Now, as we go into our scripture for today, it's important that we kind of set up what's happening here. It's going to make it real easy on you. We're just going to be in verses 3 through 8 in Romans 12. What's happening thus far in the, in the book of Romans 
is Paul is addressing Christians and he goes through and he says, okay, now that you're Christians, you can expect some things to happen. And really that's kind of mapped down in Romans 12, 1 and 2. He says, you, you should expect some things to happen. And part of the things that should happen is you should have a moment of which you change. That you're not the same person that you were before Christ. It is impossible that now if you have the Holy Spirit residing within you for you to be the same person that you were before. Y'all track with me so far. Now, that's Romans 12, but he says part of that process is, as, and it's called the sanctification process, that's a big $5 theological word, is saying part of that process that God puts us through after we become followers of Jesus Christ is that there will be change. There will be changes of thought. There may be change. Your friends may change. The, the way that you view life is going to change. The way that you, you view your family is going to change. The way that you view your friendships will change. Because he uses this word of being transformed, transformed, being changed. There's, you're always going to be changing into being who God wants you to be. So it's fresh off that discussion in Romans 12, 1 and 2, that Paul jumps into the next level. And he starts going through. He says, you're going to have a change. You're going to have a change of heart. You're going to be renewed. All these great and awesome things that happen. He takes a breath and he goes into the next topic and he's talking about gifts and service in Romans 12, 3 through 8. Let's read this together. For by the grace given me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment or humility. He says, in accordance with the measure of faith God has given you, that you should do such things. Verse 4, just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function, so in Christ, listen to this, we who are many form what? One body. And each member belongs to all the others. And he says in verse 6, we have different gifts according to the grace given us. If a man's gift is prophesying, let him use it in proportion to his faith. If it is serving, let him serve. If it's teaching, let him teach. If it's encouraging, let him encourage. If it is contributing to the needs of others, let him give generously. If it is leadership, let him govern diligently. If it is showing mercy, let him do it cheerfully. This is not a comprehensive list of spiritual gifts, but here are a few. Now, there are some important things that we have to kind of learn from this of saying, okay, many of you would go through and say, Chad, I have no idea what my gifts are. Be honest with you, you probably know what you're passionate about. You may not be able to recognize all of your gifts, but you know what you're passionate about. First thing I would say is for you, say, you know what, I'm not serving, I'm not doing anything. Find something that you're passionate about and try and serve out of that passion. God put that passion in your heart and he didn't put it in your heart for you. He put that passion in your heart so that would be a funnel that you could do good and that you could serve through because it's a lot easier to serve in areas that you're passionate about. Anybody who's serving in an area that they're passionate about knows this to be true. Serve out of your passion. But then also it says, for by the grace given, this is verse 3, for by the grace given me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the, the measure of faith that God has given you. He's saying, you know what? Part of the process for you is for you to realize that you're not your own. 
to take that position of humility and going before the Lord and saying, you know what, now, Lord, I submit to you. I, want to, I just want you to know that I come before you and I want to honor you and I'm coming before you with humility, recognizing that not am I just being changed by my mind and my words and my deeds and my friendships and everything else, but he says, not am I just being changed in this, now I recognize that I have an area of giftedness and service that I am supposed to function out of and function through. What's your area of giftedness? Now, he goes through, and, and really the basis of all of this is humility. But notice it says, in accordance with the measure of faith God has given you. This is interesting to me, because the longer you're a Christian, the deeper in the faith you're supposed to be, right? So if you are deeper in the faith, then maybe those gifts would be even more cultivated. But it has to start somewhere. Even if you're brand new to the faith, maybe you're a 10-year Christian, but you're brand new to the faith. Did you all understand that? That you're a 10-year Christian, but yet you say, you know what? Yeah, I made that. I, I crossed that line of faith, but I haven't done anything with it since. Then that measure of faith for you requires you to take one step. Based in humility, take that first step, whatever that is, for you. But he says also, he says, just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function, so in Christ, we who are many form one body, and each member belongs to the others. I don't know if you realize this, but so many times in life, we get compared to other people. Even from when you had your child and you put your child in the nursery, you know this to be true. You'll laugh, but you know this to be true. Even when your child was in the nursery, not at church, but the, the nursery, the little incubator at the hospital, that you looked in there and you were comparing the way your baby looked in comparison to the other ones, right? Because not all babies are cute. That's a true story. Not all babies are cute, but guaranteed, if you're the parent of that child, what? That child is the cutest one. There could be a room of a hundred, but yours is the cutest one. That's just the way it works. We, we're built in, even from birth, we're compared to other people. We live our life, we're compared to other people. We play team sports, we're compared to other people. Right? There's always a winner, there's always a loser. Everyone remembers the winner, no one remembers the loser, unless it was a horrific defeat. And then you're not being remembered in a good way. Unfortunately, that's the way the world works, but we, as if we're supposed to be children of God, but we're supposed to be transformed more into His image than in the sinful image that we were born into. And now, because of this, this change that's happening, now we're supposed to serve out of that. We're supposed to think differently. We're not comparing one another and saying, wow, I wish I could be this person. I wish, you know, I'm so much better than that person. It's not about comparisons because for us, if we, if we all, as this says right here, he says, just as each of us has one body with many members and these members do not all have the same function that, so that in Christ, we who are many form one body and each member belongs to the others. You are not your own. You are part of a greater whole. I am part of a greater whole. We don't just belong to ourselves. We don't have to compare ourselves to other people anymore. That's where freedom in Christ comes in. That if you have freedom in Christ, that in, in realize that it's a great thing because we're not bound to comparing ourselves to each other anymore like we used to be. Now we have freedom in Christ. Now we can see it's Christ in us, the hope of glory, and we sit by and say, you know what? God has a unique plan, an area of service for me. 
it may be different than yours, and it may be different than yours, and that's okay because it's all unique to us. But now we don't have to compare. That's part of the, the benefits of being free in Christ. It's saying, you know what? I have gifts. I have purpose. I have an area of service. I need to, to serve out of that, and I need to find it. I need the local church to help me cultivate it, and we need to use it to God's glory. Freedom in Christ. Now, also, if you're familiar with Paul's teachings in, in Ephesians 4.15, you don't have to flip there, but he refers to, just as he does here, that the church is a body. Well, there, there is a body. There's a body locally, and that would be us, church body here, but then there's also a church body universally, and that would be all of the true disciples and followers of Jesus Christ all over. And I would say that every one of us has a part to play. There's not a silent partner in this mix. We all are part of the team, if you will, and the body of Christ. And as the scripture says here, that each member belongs to the others. So whose responsibility is it to build one another up in gifts and service? Each other. Each other. That it's okay to, to go and to be able to share things with people and say, you know what? You know what? I really think that you would be good at this. Have you ever thought about serving in this area? You know, you're really, really compassionate and you really have the gift of mercy. Have you ever thought about getting involved in, in some sort of local mission work? Once we recognize that, you see, sometimes it's hard for us to even see our own gifts. Sometimes it is. But if we have somebody else speaking truth into our life and helping us, because we all have a part to play, and each member belongs to the others, as the word says, so we should be able to speak into one another's lives, like I mentioned last week, and be able to share and help and edify one another lift and, and encourage them to serve in an area of giftedness. Now, if you look in verses 4 through 8, just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function, thankfully. That would be really weird if everybody was an arm, right? It would be awkward. So in Christ, we who are many form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. There's a transition here. Verse 6, listen up. We have different gifts according to the grace given us. If a man's gift is prophesying, let him use it in proportion to his faith. If it is serving, let him serve. If it is teaching, let him teach. If it is encouraging, let him encourage. If it is contributing to the needs of others, let him give generously. If it is leadership, let him govern diligently. If it's showing mercy, let him do it cheerfully. One thing that I, I have found through the course of my life is I found my gifts. I want you all to do me a favor really, really quick, all right? I want you to look at the person next to you and smile really big. Everybody, please. I just used my spiritual gift on you. I have the gift of leadership, and you did what I asked you to do. And I have the gift of encouragement. So there you go. You may, and, and everybody's smiling, laughing, encouraged. But, but the reality is, we all do have gifts. I mean, that was funny, but I have found that. You know what? I couldn't say this 15 years ago. I couldn't say this 10 years ago, and it's one of the things, the closer I get in my relationship with Christ, the more he reveals things in me that he has put in me, and I think that's the reason why Paul stresses here twice, he says, in proportion to the faith, that the closer that you have a walk with Christ, the more you're going to find your purpose in Christ, and you cannot find your purpose in Christ being a spectator of the work of Christ, 
a very important part of this is getting involved in the work of Christ. Now, right down the list, he says prophesying. Basically, it means proclaiming truth. He says, let, it, let us use it in proportion to his faith. If it's serving, basically, that's just throwing yourself or giving yourself to something. You, we know these people. Now, the problem with people who are gifted in areas of service is they may not be actually gifted in the area that they're serving. They just throw themselves in gifts of service because, you know what, I love to serve. Then there becomes discernment of saying, okay, what is the right area for me to serve? It's awesome that you, that you have the gift of service, but find the best area for you to serve. There are many of those around this group right here today that have the gift of service and say, you know what? Everything that comes up, you raise your hand. You want to get, you want to get involved in. That's not always the best thing. He says, if it is teaching, let him teach. If it's encouraging, let him encourage. If it's contributing to the needs of others, I think of this in the way of compassion. He says, let him give generously. If, and if it's leadership, let him govern diligently which, you know, leadership would be guiding and steering. Not, I mean, we have elders here at the church. If that is something that you would aspire to, make it known to the elders, and we can maybe start that discussion. But it comes with giftedness, and it comes with other things and qualifications. That isn't something we just throw someone into that, into that office. Scripture is very clear on that in Titus and in 1 Timothy as to uh, the people who are supposed to be serving those areas and the qualifications thereof. But then we also look at mercy, and basically... What I love about this is this is just the idea of just a demand for compassion even though that worldly, worldly thinking that there's a demand for justice. That there's just a demand for compassion. It's interesting. I get to embarrass my daughter, which is awesome. Um, I always look for opportunities to do this. My daughter, right? Cutest little girl in here. We've already established that earlier, right? She... <laughs> My daughter, she, she is gifted in the area of compassion and mercy. How do I know that? I know that because I listen. I know that because when she sits and watches the, the commercial that has the, the angel song and it's from like the Humane Society of the little puppies who are starving, she sits there and has to turn her head and she starts going into tears. She is compassionate towards those animals. She loves animals. That's an area that she feels she has a tender heart toward. I see this, right? It's the same reason why she had this great idea of which we have not been great parents in yet. We haven't done this, but we will. But she had this great idea. Dad, let's go and let's have a lemonade stand out in our yard and let's have this lemonade stand and we're going to put up a sign and we're going to sell lemonade and we're going to give all that money to help the dogs to find a home. You don't have to be bright to know that. You just have to listen. What is it that your heart is drawn toward? What is it? What, what area? What, maybe there's been something that's happened in your life. Maybe it's horrific. And maybe the best way that God can get the glory for that is to see you have victory and serve out of it. You all understand that? Because when we go through, when we go through things in our life, it isn't so we can... You know, the Lord doesn't just put us through things just so it's, it's detrimental to us and it's just difficult for us and it's this big lump in our throat that we can never seem to swallow. It's that he sits and, and says, you know what? Yes, I put you through this, but I want you to use it for my glory. And I want you to turn and I want to, I want to give you victory in it. And through that victory, I want you to have, have and help other people have victory in that as well. Because when we go through hardship and it stops with us, 
God doesn't get the glory. Not all the, the glory that he desires. What, what, are you, what, is your, what is your heart heavy about? What keeps you up at night? Find, find that, that thing. And if you need to, ask someone. Ask someone. Ask your spouse to say, you know what? Yeah, I know that I need to do something. I don't know what it is. What kind of things am I good at? What, what kind of things do I talk about a lot? Because whatever you're passionate about, you'll talk about a lot, right? I'm passionate about the church, I can tell you. And, and a vast majority of, of our conversation at home is about this church. Not talking about you behind your back, but just the church, you know, corporately. Good things, great things. Don't throw tomatoes or anything like that. It's all good stuff. Now, I had... I have installed, uh, or whatever, inserted this in your bulletin. Do me a favor, everybody, grab your bulletin. If you don't have a bulletin, um, we probably have more on the info table in the foyer. I'm not saying that you have to fill this out. I'm just saying that you're not going to be able to leave until you do. Um, but this, this is something, maybe, maybe for you, I've just kind of put down a few things. This is not a comprehensive list, but there are some different areas in the church of which you very well could serve. And these are types of things. Not all of these things are rocking and rolling right now, but they will be in the future. And these things here, that, listen to me, please. It isn't that I'm expecting, okay, if you put, your check mark, put a check mark by something, that I'm expecting you next week to be like, oh, I told the pastor I'm good at photography. I'm taking pictures. It isn't a matter of that. It's when a serving opportunity comes up that you could take some pictures. And many of these things actually require some training. And if you go through and you commit to and say, you know what, Pastor, I, I'm willing to serve in an area, but yet you need a little training in, we will absolutely sit down and we'll have discussions and we'll train you to do that the best way that you can. Because if you are not properly trained in an area of ministry, you are going to get frustrated and you're not going to want to serve in it anymore. Right? So I, I don't want that to happen to you. But I would, I would ask you, if you feel compelled to, we're not going to lock the doors or anything. Elders didn't think it was a good idea. I thought it was a great idea. But if you feel compelled to, please fill this out. And there's just a few different areas here of, of things that you could fill out and just areas in the church that you could serve into. And not everything's on a Sunday morning. Some of it may... You know, you may say, well, Pastor, I, I'm only available on Tuesdays and Thursdays. Awesome. If, if it fits, there are things you could do on Tuesdays and Thursdays if, if it coincides with this piece of paper. Fill this out if you feel compelled to. And what we're going to do is at the end of the service is um, David is going to be at the info table, which is in the foyer. He's going to be back there, and he's just going to be collecting those just so you don't try and cram them in the box or bring them to me. Just put them back there, if you would, on the back table. It'd be a lot easier if you feel compelled to. One thing that, that uh, just to, I'm trying to dis dispel some different things here. One thing that people usually think is, I'm not, there, I'm not good enough to serve in a particular area. They think that you need to be perfect to serve in a particular area. That isn't the way that it works. I'm not looking for someone who is, who is the best and who, you know, that you're 
top-notch in this area. If you have a willingness to serve, like I had mentioned, I'm willing to train you to do whatever it is that you want to do. be honest with you, even if you're a, a greeter at the door, there are some things and discussions that I would love to have with you before you stood at the door greeting. Right? Because really, there's more to it than shaking hands and handing out a bulletin. So even in areas like that, I would like to have, sit down and have a discussion. Everything that you do, every area that, that is mentioned, that is on that piece of paper, and everything that I'm talking about functions and just to, forwards the mission of Dublin Bible Church and helps us just to, to reach people for Christ. And so that when people come in this door, that they would stick. We can't make disciples if they don't come in the door, right? We can't. Now, I think of, I think of, a, of a few things. One of the changes that, that, I guess, that have happened in my tenure thus far is we have, basically, we have different curriculums for the children's ministry. How effective would that curriculum be if there were not somebody who was willing to sit down with a bunch of grade school kids and sit down and give them a hug and love on them and to be able to communicate that truth to them. How effective would that curriculum be? Thank you. It wouldn't be. It takes people who, who have a passion for that and maybe a, just a little bit of gifting in that and we can help nurture that gift to sit before those kids knowing that you're making a difference. I had an awesome opportunity a couple weeks ago I had an individual that, that serves in, in that ministry who came up to me and who was really burdened about a certain topic that, that they were teaching. And I was blown away by this discussion because the person that I was speaking to, his, the heart of this individual was breaking because they wanted to make sure that their heart was right before they presented it to anyone else. How awesome is that? That's the kind of people that we have serving your children here at Dublin Bible Church. That is awesome. You don't teach that. That just comes by somebody who accepts the responsibility, who understands that they're making a difference, that children need spiritual direction in their lives just like all of us do, and that we could come before, or that rather we should not come before even children teaching truth if we have not filtered that through ourselves. That's powerful to me, and it should be to you. But how effective would that curriculum be? Keep it, Jermaine. How effective would that curriculum be if nobody was there to share the truth with them? It would be words on a page in a book. But it requires people who are animated and who love kids to be able to come forward and to be able to share truth with them and to make the type of impact with that generation that needs to be done. The same thing I would say with DBC youth. It takes the right type of people. They are, they are on the cusp of being leaders in the church. And if people don't come before them, you see, let me, let me stop for a second. Oftentimes what happens when it comes to the youth of today, people sit back and they complain about the youth of today and they say, the youth of today is this and the youth of today is this. And it's just getting farther and farther and farther and they don't know anything. And da, 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 da. The reality is somebody needs to step before the youth and tell them, hey, this is the way that it could be if you lived your life for Christ. But somebody has to take that step up, don't they? So rather than just in sitting back, and, and I've heard many of these discussions and complaining about the youth of today, try and make a difference with that generation. 
They're, they're hungry. They're thirsty for the truth of God's Word. They are the people who in not that many years who are going to be the leaders in the church. And I think that it's high time that we, that we help them and to bring them along and encourage them and encourage them and teach them in God's Word that they can make a difference. And that maybe we need to help them find an area to serve as well. It's about every one of us partnering when it comes to this. It's, it's a matter of, when I think of the local church, I think it's a matter of there's two great influences in a family. The first and greatest influence and most powerful influence is the family. It's not the church. The, the most powerful influence is what goes on in your home. Is who sits around your dinner table. The truth that's shared around your dinner table. But the second most powerful influence that should be on the life of a child should be the local church. And the local church should partner with those parents to help bring up their children into a relationship with Jesus Christ. That's what I want us to do. You may sit here and say, you know what? We don't have a whole lot of a children's ministry here at Dublin Bible Church. You know what? I, on some levels I would agree, but my vision isn't for 5 or 10 or 15 kids. My vision is, is for an amount of kids that you, we can't even fathom that would come into this door hungry and thirsty for God's Word, using some of you in strategic places that you're gifted in, area, in your area of service, that you would function out of that to make a difference, to help shape some of their lives and to change their destinies. But it takes all of us to do it. Most powerful influence is the family. So we want to equip families. But then the second most powerful should be the local church. Not the fifth grade teacher. Not the junior high teachers. Not, you know, not the school system. Not any, any other group. It should be the local church. should be the second most powerful on the list. The question that we're left with is, are you willing to step up to the plate? Are you willing to step up to the plate? Are you willing to, to slice out a little piece of your time to make a difference in someone else's life? That's, that's the real question. If not, this was just about a 30-minute spiel, and we can go home, and we can have lunch, and we can be happy, and then we can go home and take a nap and wear off and let lunch wear off, and we can do all these things, and we can come back next Sunday and do it again. But if what I desire, and I think the Lord's desire, is that if each person, as the Word says, belongs to the other, that we would have like a serving revolution here in this church, and in areas, you may be gifted in a certain area that we don't even have right now in the church, and that would be amazing if that were the case. But are you willing to step up to the plate? It's one thing to talk about it. Are you willing to, to cut a little piece out of your time to encourage and to build up someone else? To forward the, the mission of making disciples that all of us have as followers of Christ, but then also to be able to carry out the vision of reaching folks and, and giving spiritual direction to folks right here in Dublin and here in, here in Lawrence County. Are you willing to step up? Are you willing to make the investment? 
I hope that you are. Today is, is a great day for me because one of the, one of the things that I look for in, in, when I hire, have the ability to either hire a staff pastor or anything else, is the first thing I look for is, are they serving now? Before somebody is paid to do, you see, this is, this is like a misnomer that's happened in churches. It's, they think, well, I want to I have this area or this area needs taken care of, so we're going to pay this individual to do this ministry. See, the reality is, if somebody's not serving in the local church themselves, and if they're not serving first, before they get paid to do that, chances are they're not going to be having the servant attitude that they need to have when they're getting paid to do it. Does that make sense to you? So for you, it's not a matter of being paid professionals. It's a matter of all of us being part of a larger team and each one belonging to the other to forward the mission of Christ right here. Let's pray. God, we, we're honored to be able to be here. And Lord, I pray that you would just touch the hearts of some of these folks, that they would just step up to the plate, that they would just take the next step of faith in serving. Lord, I pray for, for clarity. Maybe there are some folks to who they have a heart to serve. They just are afraid that they don't have an area of, of giftedness and service. God, I pray that you would just reveal that to them in a very clear way. And I ask God that we would, that we would be passionate about every area of ministry, whether it's somebody who is outside trimming bushes or whether it's somebody changing a diaper or, Lord, somebody that is maybe working and in, in just hitting buttons on a computer or serving coffee to help us all feel community. God, I pray that you would allow us to do that. I pray that you allow people to, to experience the fullness that you want them to have while serving you. And I just ask it and pray it all in Jesus' name. Amen.